Hi everyone, this is John and TJ. Welcome to our third edition of ALN Math Talk for Season 2. Math Talk is where we answer your questions about online lessons, math learning, and the meaning of life. So we have a lot of things coming up, John. Uh, we've started our conference on the 14th of October, and we have two more days coming up to uh, dive more into math content and ideas. Uh, we have November 11th coming up, as well as December 8th. So there's still time for people to sign up. And we have a really special guest, uh, keynote of Steve Linewan is going to be with us on the 11th. Yeah, that's great. Really um, exciting. Yeah, a lot of people have seen his workshops or uh, read his stuff for NCTM. And if you haven't, this is a great opportunity to come hear him. Uh, we also have some great courses and workshops coming up. We have uh, you, someone really special is going to do games to get at the math <laughs> and intervention, K3. That's coming up uh, soon. Yeah, so if you, if you missed the intervention for K4 that happened yesterday, here's your chance to get a smaller version of the games piece of that, which is always a lot of fun. And I think people can join that both in person and, vir and yep. or virtually, correct? That's right. Yeah, we also have a math menu course coming up starting in November uh, with Christian Quartermanch, so that's exciting. That'll Everyone be loves person. Christian! Yeah, they do. <laughs> Uh, and then we have two specialized instructions. We have uh, specialized instruction part one, which is supported and sponsored by the Agency of Education in Vermont. And that will be virtual series, two three-hour sessions with Glenn and Erica, Glenn Patterson, Erica Moy. Uh, their in-person session, the end of October, is full. So there's your opportunity to get that same content. Uh, and then you and uh, someone else are doing specialized instruction Melissa, for second. Perry over at Thetford Academy. Great, and that'll be in early December uh, here at our learning center, as well as a virtually available, so a hybrid there. And lastly, our pre-K is also filled out uh, the in-person day, so we have some virtual days coming up, and uh, all of those that we just mentioned are AOE sponsored, so they're very affordable for participants. <laughs> Unless you're in debt, right? Because then you have That's negative true. dollars and That's right. if it costs zero, you need, <laughs> need more for it. Um, so TJ and I are going to talk today about some of the big ideas from the ALN conference. Um, some of you got to hear this at the conference itself, but we thought these were important enough to send them out in the podcast as well. Yeah. So if you did happen to miss that, you'll have other opportunities uh, with Steve and uh and as well on our December 8th, but we, we did videotape it, so it will eventually be up on our website. Um, under resources, you'll be able to see those. But we're really focused now and on people that are really overwhelmed and a little stressed by everything this fall and the startup of school, And but I'm finding they're still craving professional learning and development. So what are some big ideas, John, that you're thinking about and you talked about in that keynote? Well, I think one of the biggest things is that there's a, lot, there's a lot of chaos right now. Everybody who's working in schools knows exactly what I'm talking about. In, in many ways, it's a harder year than it was last year. But our message is sometimes chaos is an opportunity. Sometimes difficulty kind of forces the issue of what's important and what isn't. And if ever there was a time when we could have a conversation about what's most important in instruction in math, uh, I would say this is it, because there isn't time 
to be a half a mile wide and an inch deep, which is a criticism of American curriculum. We don't have the time for kids to be doing all of that. We have to be really focused on the concepts that matter. A lot of the tweets that came out of our conference were about um, chaos or, uh, or this current time as an opportunity for change. So that was kind of interesting. Well, luckily, <laughs> luckily, fortunately, ALN has always had this focus on focus, right? So we've talked about for a long, long time that there are concepts that lead to algebra and uh, a lot of conversation about why does everything have to lead to algebra. And uh, I mentioned on Thursday that, you know, I'm a statistics professor, so there's a good argument from me that can be made about the practicality of statistics. But in terms of opportunity and equity, algebra is the key. Um, you know, the algebra project, uh, we lost Bob Moses this summer, but his life work was the algebra project to try to get algebra to historically marginalized groups because it's, it's the thing that predicts high school graduation and college matriculation. So what we've tried to do at All Learners is to identify what are the key concepts in one grade that would make a student successful in the next grade and ultimately lead to success with algebra in high school. So if people aren't familiar, there are high leverage concepts. We uh, uh, affectionately call them the HLCs and they're available for free on our website at alllearnersnetwork.com. Uh, I was actually looking for a video as creating a, a menu for a group of teachers I'll be working with next week. And uh, the, the woman from the district that I'm collaborating with wanted me to put some, well, I was putting some videos up of things to watch. And she's like, can we get something about, you know, priority standards or HLCs? So I've been doing some searching and I found this woman from a district and she, there she is, has our HLCs. She's talking about them. So they're out there in the world. It's pretty, pretty interesting. Well, and they've been since the beginning when we first came up with them in a small group and they've been vetted through thousands of teachers at this point um, we thought that they would help make decisions about what was most important from a classroom perspective but it turns out that for people who are doing math intervention or special education they're especially helpful right because those are the places where you want to draw a line in the sand and say when a kid goes to second grade, these are the first grade concepts they really should demonstrate strong understanding of and, and all the way up through into grade eight. So they can really help answer the question, which is most important in terms of content and concepts. And I think that can be very helpful. So in terms of, of stress level of teachers right now, teachers, educators, special educators, interventionists, everyone, um, really helping them to focus on the things that are going to have the greatest impact for math learning and continued learning um, throughout uh, their their grade levels that the students go through. Um, I, unfortunately, I find sometimes people uh, allow that to be a permission to let go of or not address certain standards. So I do think it's important just to mention, right, we're still responsible for teaching all our grade level standards. We're yep. just prioritizing some. We're spending more time, more effort on some. Yeah, so a really good example that we use a lot is um, in kindergarten, when kindergartners move to first grade, we want them to have a solid understanding of numbers to 20. So 
We want them to be able to subitize and decompose and know the number names and know what the numerals look like, right? So if a student shows up in first grade with all of those things, they have a much better chance to be successful with first grade curriculum than if they don't. Now, in the Common Core, there are uh, standards around geometry. And we're not suggesting that kindergarten teachers should abandon the geometry standards, but we can all acknowledge that if a student goes from kindergarten to first grade without mastering or demonstrating deep understanding of the geometry concepts, it doesn't have the same impact as if they don't show good understanding of numbers to 20. And that's, that's kind of the whole idea behind these standards. Uh, one that comes up or came up in our convenings in the early years a lot is the transition between fourth and fifth grade because essentially the fourth grade HLC says students need strong understanding of all whole number operations to a thousand. And every, every time it gets discussed, the idea of, well, what about fractions comes up. And, you know, uh, we were just talking about the need for some kind of workshop here on fractions in third, fourth, and fifth grade. So certainly fractions are a major part of the curriculum. Don't abandon them in third and fourth grade. But what we know is if, if students have strong whole number concepts going into fifth grade, those whole number concepts can be built on to develop fraction concepts. And so we, we decided rather than trying to be comprehensive, we'd be focused. And I think generally people would tell you that this has been really beneficial. Don't, don't you think, though, this is also part of the coherence of the, the standards we teach, that if you're going to focus on the additional and supporting standards, that you still have that lens on you know, high leverage concepts. So if you're, if you're in kindergarten or first grade, you're talking about shapes, you could be thinking about the number of sides of those shapes. Sure. You could still be getting at those, those big ideas, but in the context of these other standards. Weren't you, you were one of the people that did the crosswalk, right? I did, yep. Yeah, so it turns out that there's an enormous amount of connection. I think it, it narrows a bit as the grades go up, but there's an enormous amount of connection between all of the Common Core standards at a grade level and the particular mm -hmm. high leverage concept that's happening there. Um, we're also putting out a call, like this should be one of those, <laughs> please stop teaching the algorithms. I, I wish we could get Marilyn Burns here because I will never forget uh, it was in San Diego at NCTM the last time there was an in-person conference. And um, this, these are her words. I'm, I'm quoting her. She said, if, if the algorithm is still around in 50 years, shoot me in the head. <laughs> she said that. I, I mean, I remember I looked up and I was, I was a little shocked, but I was really happy she said it. So you're not, not the not only that one. Not we want to shoot Marilyn Burns' no, wheel up. No, no, definitely not. Um, if anybody could be alive 50 years from now, <laughs> I would say Marilyn is a good candidate for that. So I know they're in the Common Core Standards, and talking to teachers yesterday, I know there's some, there can be some administrative pressure around teaching them. Uh, and years ago, I used to talk about a progression from models to strategies to algorithms with the notion that somehow the algorithms represented the development of efficient strategies and they just don't. Mm -hmm. In fact, the reason that we're so strong about stopping the algorithms uh, is that they lead to misconceptions, right? Particularly the subtraction algorithm mm -hmm. 
and the division algorithm and all of the algorithms for fractions. You're probably at some point going to have to use the fraction algorithms for some algebraic manipulation down the road. But if we teach them in fifth grade, then some interventionist is going to have to undo them mm -hmm. for a large number of people at some point. So you could have a significantly positive impact on your math performance at your school if you just stop teaching those algorithms. So I think, I think there's a couple things I want to mention. One is I really think we have to make a connection to literacy and when you think about reading strategies, you would never just say, sound it out. You don't know that word, just sound it out. No, we, we know that what good readers do is they have a toolbox of strategies to, to solve a word they don't know. And it's the exact same in mathematics. You come to a problem or an equation you don't know the answer to right off, then you need to have a, a toolbox of strategies to solve it. Um, problems like my favorite problem to do with people who are very fixated on the algorithm is 201 subtract 199 and you write it uh, vertically um, and to do the algorithm for that is is really inappropriate it's inappropriate it's inefficient you can count back on your fingers to find the answer to that yeah right yeah oh actually I have my own version of that you buy five pens for 99 cents how oh. much money do you spend I was I told tell this story a lot I was at a parent meeting with some parents who were really angry about something they referred to as common core math I'm still trying to think about what that means but anyway so uh, you know uh, I said so what do you spend And this guy who sort of let me know at the beginning that he was going to slice me and dice me over this stuff um, he said well you you know you you spent 495 and I said oh how'd you do that and he said, well, I just pretended it was $5, and then I paid back the five pennies. And I said, oh, that's, that's great. You mean you didn't say 9 times 5 is 45, put down the 5, carry He said, no, no, no. And then the penny dropped, of course. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what you want to say is you're a good mathematician. Like, this guy was actually a scientist. And you use this strategy. Mm -hmm. Why would you want us to teach something that's far less right. useful? Well, I do, I do think there's a bit of um, kind of retraining the public, the general public. I, I do think it's a, I don't think educators have done a good job of bringing along the, the general public around why we're teaching math the way we do now. And, and there are lots of reasons we do that. If you look at like what Fortune 500 companies are looking for in 1970, they were looking, the number two skill in 1970 was calculation skills. They were looking for people to just step out of, of schools, public schools, and be calculators, right? We don't. We have photo math app now. We don't need to do that. We need we need people who can think, who can reason, who can make sense of things, who are problem solvers. They're dynamic thinkers. They collaborate, um, and those are hard skills to teach. We've got to start really focus our instruction there. So if you're within the sound of my voice, please, please stop teaching the standard algorithms. Okay, the last thing on our list, I mean, there's a bigger conversation for another time, but the last thing on our list has to do with support for our special educators. So special education preparation, something I've been part of for a while, um, demands a lot of things. And <laughs> I think reading's important. I taught reading to a lot of children over my 20 years as a first grade teacher. Um, 
But reading really is kind of a bully. Someone said that upstairs a few weeks ago at a workshop. And I thought, yeah, that's really... Yeah, it sucks up all the bandwidth for a variety of reasons. Um, and in teacher preparation for special education, it absolutely dominates what they do. That's true. So in, in special ed preparation programs, I've worked for at a couple different colleges, um, teachers get either a class in math methods or they get half a class. So one college I worked for situates kind of te- learning to teach math in a course about equity issues in math. So, you know, we talk about poverty and the relationship of uh, special education and uh, children of color to uh, math learning, which is really interesting, but it doesn't teach you how to teach math. So. I, I can one-up you there, John, because you know I was a special yeah. educator, and I got my master's degree. I was dual certified. I did not take, not a half, I, did, I took zero math classes. I mean, I was uh, highly trained uh, for as a consulting teacher, K-12, as well as literacy K-12. But I, I did not know how to teach math. I could, I could do math myself. I was a good math student in high school and college, but I was not prepared at all. All of my learning around math has happened being a teacher in the school system, being, uh, having professional development embedded and going through uh, courses that BMI offered. So it, it, it's, it really is a, a challenge that hopefully will be addressed. Yeah, well, I, I saw, again, just like the last, uh, talking about algorithms, I want to send out a call to organizations that can hear this, particularly those in Vermont, that improving content, math content knowledge of special educators should become a priority. It's something we could do that would uh, have positive impacts on students. We know from people like Deborah Ball and Heather Hill that math content knowledge for teaching is directly related to student success. So if we could improve teacher content knowledge of mathematics uh, among special educators, it would have very positive impacts. And in Vermont, there are a million opportunities uh, if it becomes a priority. So. Um, of course, the, the one we're always going to point to is the ongoing assessment project, OGAP. Uh, our own Bob Laird and Beth Hulbert uh, run that organization. They, they put out fabulous PD uh, around math content in a variety of different areas. We're starting a little series here at ALN called Happy Math. Uh, where we're going to do some workshops, and we started putting these videos. I think I might actually have made a TikTok video. <laughs> yeah, I, Katie's going to let me know where she puts it. But anyway, these are little math explorations that are designed specifically for people who are math anxious. Can we just talk about TikTok for a minute? Sure. Uh, I don't know how much TikTok you've consumed. I, I've <laughs> try, tried to keep Zero it minimal, uh, and I don't consider myself a connoisseur of TikTok. But... I did kind of peruse and just looked and see like what I typed in math, like math, whatever on TikTok. It is all tricks and like all these videos around, oh, why didn't my teacher show me this trick? And they're showing the butterfly method. I mean, I was I was appalled. So this is really needed on TikTok. Yeah, we're so what we do with Happy Math is I give um, 
a, a small problem. They're interesting problems in a variety of different ways. They're not so simple that one could simply step over them quickly, but they're not so overwhelming that if you sit down with them for a moment or two, you can't have some fun doing it. And the goal is to try to help people change their relationship to math. So uh, whether we, it's in one of our live workshops here on the TikTok, our, our contribution to this notion of more content knowledge for people who are serving the students is to try to make it as accessible as possible. I, I would want to shout out Howie Wah as well. He is a, a professor out in uh, Fresno, California, and he actually does some really great TikTok videos. Um, but it's funny, I'm just thinking now, when I searched that, I didn't find his videos, but I've seen them through Twitter and all that. Are they, are they TikToks? Yeah, they are TikToks. Huh. So, Tell me his name again. Howie Wah. Howie H-U-A. Wah. All right, thanks. All right, well, I think that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Remember, you can subscribe to our math menus or schedule some PD with us. Uh, remember, you can find a recording of today's uh, podcast at alllearnersnetwork.com. And where else can they get that? Oh, it's on, uh, it's not Spotify, it's Anchor. Anchor. It's an Anchor. Thanks. Along with weekly online lessons, high leverage concepts, high leverage assessments, high leverage t-shirts, belt buckles, and coffee mugs. We actually used those coffee mugs yesterday. ALN is produced by the All Learners Network, All Rights Reserved. Executive producers Sandy, Ms. Elementary Matt Stanhope, and John, I was just thinking Pepper. TJ, the designer, Jemison, is the co-host and producer. Spiritual mathematical guidance has been provided by Robert Fly in the Water Micro Brew Stats Loving Laird, who reminds us that we'd probably be more successful if we just drew a freaking picture. Our theme music was written and performed by Sarah Blair. Join us next time for another math talk. Catch you next time.